Hey girl, welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast, it's all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I am so excited that you're here for today's episode. I wanted to bring on this specific guest to talk about pivots and transitions and like that feeling of just being like in the unknown and trying to advocate for yourself. So whether you are in the corporate world, trying to really just stand up for yourself and build a career that you're obsessed with as a woman in the workplace, or you're an entrepreneur building your own business and trying to navigate all the feels that come with entrepreneurship, like riding that roller coaster where you have like a high and a low in the same day and it just feels overwhelming sometimes, or you're just getting started. Like you're dabbling in this idea of starting a side hustle or finally, you know, making this dream that's on your heart come into fruition. You're going to love this guest. Her name is Britt Driscoll. I heard her speak at a mastermind, a business mastermind that I'm a part of, and I got to chat with her afterwards. And I was so inspired by her vulnerability and her transparency and all of the twists and turns that she's made along the way. She's very multi-passionate and she's had a lot of success in her career. And I think you're really going to connect with how she speaks about it in this episode. If you're not familiar with her, she helped scale Drybar, and now she is the CEO and co-founder of Squeeze, which is essentially doing the same type of concept as Drybar, just like making a better massage experience for people. She also co-founded and runs the Feel Good Company, which is a service-based industry that helps female-founded wellness brands um, scale and grow in the retail space. And she's the co-host of the podcast, Girlfriends and Business. You are absolutely going to vibe with her. It feels like we're just having a conversation, like we're girlfriends chatting, but she's just got a vast knowledge of the entrepreneurial space and the corporate world. And I think that this is really going to resonate in a lot of ways. So definitely let us know what you think. When you check it out, feel free to tag us on Instagram with any of your feedback. And without further ado, let's dive right into the show. Britt, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Keisha. I'm so honored to be here. This is going to be such a great conversation. And I know there are so many women that are going to connect with your story in different ways in terms of all of the pivots and transitions and all of the entrepreneurial like ventures and also back your experience in the corporate world. So I'm super excited to dive into all of that and just have a lot of people just feel like, you get them. Like, I know that's how they're going to feel after this. So to kind of just lay the foundation here, can you tell people a little bit about kind of your journey to getting where you're at now? Maybe people have, would recognize your name or some of the things that you've done, but I want to hear about like what it felt like at the beginning of your career. So can you kind of walk us through a little bit high level kind of of your career in general? Sure. So I studied in communications, which I always say is the degree that you choose when you don't know what you want to do. You just know you don't want to take 
any finance or accounting classes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I did that. And honestly, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I thought I would go into like journalism. I loved writing, storytelling, but I ended up taking an internship class my junior year of college at an experiential marketing agency. And I helped with Um, Home Depot grand openings and ran like a hundred city contractor trade show tour, which was just very cool. And I realized that brands really do have such a powerful opportunity and way to connect with people and also so much fun because it was like events and um, finding sponsorships and getting to connect with people. So I kind of just fell in love with marketing and um, understanding consumer behavior. And I guess to kind of speak to my pivots. So that was my first foray into marketing. I fell in love with it, but I felt like I wanted to understand, this was back in 2007, I wanted to understand more of the digital landscape. So when I graduated college, I started at an email service provider and I was actually like coding HTML emails and I had cool clients. I had like Nordstrom and Stars Entertainment, but at the end of the day, I was coding emails. So I, you know, I didn't stick around there too long, but I will say, you know, there's things that I learned at like each pivotal moment of my career that I can look back now and realize how important those lessons were and really how they still serve me today. So yeah. actually at my experiential agency, you know, really what I learned, my, my husband actually taught me this, um, is just the importance of knowing your audience. And, you know, whether you're pitching a presentation or you're asking for more money or you're hiring or you're firing or leading a team, you know, it's so important that you understand the end user or consumer and, you know, in getting ultimately what you want or what you think is best. Um, and then when I went into the, the email service provider company, um, you know, my big takeaway from that experience was data provides you the right answers when you ask the right questions. So just the importance of really understanding what your problem is and what you're trying to solve. Because I mean, data is obviously such a cliche thing now and you can have a plethora of it and not know what to do with it. So it's just so important that you really understand, you know, your business and the challenges that you're trying to solve. And, and I also isn't, just got a well, ton. Isn't that funny that we, as humans, that's so relatable too, right? Asking ourselves the right questions, like to get the right answers. Yes. I I feel like it's like such a tiny little nugget. Like definitely want you to keep expanding, but I just think that's so powerful. Like we're asking ourselves crappy questions. We're definitely getting crappy answers. We're going to get crappy data back. So, so, exactly. so important. My chief operating officer um, at Squeeze and the So Good Company would would tell you garbage in, garbage out, right? It's like yeah. you've got to you've got to really put in the effort in the upfront and really understand what you're solving for, um, yeah. you know, to, to even get the right the right thing at the end. So, um, yeah, so I I did that, and I honestly, you know, I was at that email service provider company for like less than a year, and then I went and worked for. Um, an omni-channel advertising agency got a ton of experience in like direct mail and data segmentation and strategy and just really understanding consumer behavior and, you know, understanding different consumer segments and, you know, what their, their inclinations were um, and really understanding the right message to, you know, drive behavior. Um, but it was at that time, and I was actually with that company for, I think, four to five years. Um, and I first started working on clients like um, Toyota and AAA and like very unsexy to me. And yeah. while I was learning a lot, it was 
not really fulfilling, but I sat across the street from Mattel. Like I could see Mattel out of my office window and every day I would be like, gosh, it would be so much more fun if, you know, I was working on Barbie and Hot Wheels all day long. But, um, you know, so I actually, what I did was I figured out what they needed from an agency standpoint. Cause again, I was still on the service side of, mm-hmm. um, of the business. And so, you know, really had to kind of figure out like how we could help supplement whatever it was that they were needing. I discovered that they had a, an RFP or request, request for proposed proposal out to like agencies to help build their global promotions business. And at the time, my agency uh, did not do global promotions. We knew nothing about putting together those types of campaigns, but I was so excited about the opportunity to work with these guys that I was like, let's just figure out how we can find partners who can offset what we don't know. And so we actually, I was with an agency that was part of a much larger holding company. And so we found a partner, like a sister agency who did Mm -hmm. promotions and we, we partnered with them. We pitched for the business. We ended up winning. Um, And then after several years of working with Barbie, I got the chance to work on Hot Wheels and we just continued to grow within Mattel. And um, Whoa, hold on, real quick, right? You realize like how powerful of advice that is to someone right now? Like to, to just unpack that real quick. So you're working at a company, you see Mattel, you're like, I would love to work with them. We don't currently do that. We actually don't even know <laughs> what the hell that they want to do. Like we don't even know how to do that at our company. So real quick before we dive into that, you identified what it was that they actually wanted. For anyone that's in the corporate world right now that's hearing this, that wants to make a transition to another company, it's like, how did your brain actually process that? Like, you're like, let me go find out what they actually want. And then I'm just going to decide that we're going to figure out how to do that here. Like, what was that that like? Yeah, I know it sounds kind of crazy. Um, it sounds <laughs> awesome. That's why I'm like, hold on. Like, let's dig into that. That sounds awesome. So yeah, how, how yeah. did you determine what they actually wanted? Um. Well, you know, I, um, I actually, I know I searched for it online. So I think they either had something, um, out or maybe I, maybe I knew someone who, um, who let me know that, like, I can't quite remember exactly how I, how I figured that out, but I did, I was super hungry, you know, and I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And I think that that's probably just good advice for anyone, right? It's like, you don't get what you don't ask for. And so much is possible, especially when you have a lot of energy and a lot of excitement around something and you know, you can add value. And if you believe in yourself, like I've always believed that I could just figure it out. Like backstory really quickly. I grew up as a very competitive swimmer and I was pretty good at it. And my high school didn't have a swim team. I wanted to go to my high school with all my friends. So I had to figure out a new sport. I like walked onto the basketball team, having never touched a basketball, literally haven't dribbled, didn't know how to shoot, nothing. My dad was like, you want to maybe like do a summer league or whatever? I was like, no dad, like I got it. I'm good. Um, I was terrible, but I stuck with it all four years. And so, you know, I think that you do just have to kind of have this like confidence that you can figure it out. And one of the things, there's so many things that I learned during this part of my career when I was at RAP is the name of the agency. It's an Omnicom agency. So many things that I learned, like one, you don't get what you don't ask for Two, you are the champion of your career. Like Mm. you are going to be the one that actually makes 
what you want happen. You can have great people around you who open up doors and champion you and believe in you, but like you're the one who has to make it happen. And I did, I had a great boss at the time who really, um, you know, gave me a lot of freedom to not only do and try what I wanted, but also to fail and get back up, which I think is such a huge, huge, valuable thing that I'm so grateful for. And, you know, I try and allow my team to do as well now. Um, But also, so what ended up happening with Hot Wheels, so we worked with Barbie for several years. And then when we transitioned over to Hot Wheels, we were doing the same thing, like helping with their global promotions. But we created this campaign called Hot Wheels for Real, where we actually legitimately built Hot Wheels for real. So we built the toy cars like in real scale, so um, which cool. most people don't know that like the Mattel uh, Hot Wheels toys are actually designed to scale. So we literally just scaled them. Um, and yeah. we got to work with like the world's best race car drivers, Mario Andretti, Danica Patrick. We just did really, really cool things for several years. We broke world records. We subverted major sporting events like the Indianapolis 500 and X Games. Um, and you know, for me, that was really like, I'm an entrepreneur now and we'll get to that in a second, but like up until this point in my life, I had really never, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit clearly, like certainly had that drive for like what's next and what's cool and innovative and like all the things, but I had never really, um, owned my own business or built something from scratch. And I think that Hot Wheels experience in particular really made me realize that when you have a massive vision, amazing people who are all dedicated to making that vision happen, really anything is possible. I mean, when you think about the fact that Mattel is a toy company and they were building life-size cars, executing death-defying stunts, even now when I say it and when I think about it, I'm like, wow, that was such a crazy time that we were actually able to do that. Um, but so it was, so that, and that, and from there I went to dry bar, which I'll talk about in a second, but yeah, you know, there was really so much in that period of my life that I'm really grateful for. You know, I, I was definitely wanting and always searching for more. Like I was hungry and I knew that there was like more out there for me and whatever, but, but you know, I, I had to sit in where I was for a while and like get the experience and figure out and navigate my way through to make myself as fulfilled as I possibly could be for like where I was at. Oh, that Mm. right there. That is something there are, there are a lot of women that are entrepreneurial or they have side hustles that listen into this podcast, but there are also a lot of women that are trying to find more fulfillment and joy and impact in their corporate jobs. Right. And I think like what you just said right there of like, be where you're at and learning the skills that you're at, even if you didn't know what was coming next. Like to a woman that's listening in right now, that's like, okay, Britt, this is so inspiring. Like how you've transitioned your career. We haven't even talked about the other stuff that you've done, but like (laughs) right now at this stage, if she's feeling like she, um, like what was helpful for you, I guess, to like take more ownership and really step into like, I'm the one that has to advocate for my career for someone that's struggling with that right now. Like what advice would you give her in the corporate setting? Yeah, I think, you know, maybe I think think about what fulfills you, like what would get you super excited to get out of bed every morning and, you know, maybe ask yourself why you're at where you're at to begin with. Like there had to have been something good or something meaningful that, you know, drove you to um, apply for the job or take the job. And so there's there's for sure good in wherever you're at right now. Um, but you know, if you could have something else, a part of that experience every day, what would it be? And really like, how much would it take to do that? 
Like mm-hmm. I, I really feel, feel like companies, bosses, management, they are so eager and like hopeful that the majority of their employee base will come to them with like innovative thoughts and like new ways to build the business and like different ways to consider doing things because you, you do have to appreciate that like people with years and years and years of experience, while that's great on one hand, there's also like a reality of they've just always done things like a certain way. So it's like new, fresh ideas and experience are so, so valuable to companies. And, you know, I mean, I know not everywhere it's, it's as like open or, or accepting, but I do think that a lot of companies and leaders today would welcome, you know, their employees saying, Hey, in order for me to stay, because most, most people want their employees to stay, it's a lot, it takes yeah. a lot of money to find new people and train new people and hire and, you know, onboard, et cetera. So it's like, in order for me to be happy and in order for me to add the most value to, you know, this company, here's what I need. And this is what I think we could do. And I think it'd be super awesome. You know, I think for, for me, that was what I did. I was like, this could be such a cool, I was like one, I, cause again, I worked in advertising. So it was like the creative team, right? I was like, yeah. you know, those copywriters and those art directors are going to be so much more jazzed to come into work every day. If they're working on Barbie and Hot Wheels versus like, you know, AAA, no offense to AAA, but it's like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, how cool would that be for a whole company to feel like we're doing cool shit every day. And, um, and then, and also then we open ourselves to expertise in a new area and vertical that we can go out and pitch for new business. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I just kind of figured out like, what are the big check boxes that I knew management would be really open to and would add extreme value to the company. Yes. And then for me, it was a win-win because personally I was just like, yay. <laughs> so I think that if you can think about like both sides, like think about yourself, what you're going to be super excited about and then how is it going to on the other side add value so that it's a win-win um I think there's so many things like that that people just are either like scared to bring or maybe people don't even allow themselves to think about that because they think they'll be like shot down but honestly like that's the other thing think about the worst thing that can happen people are gonna say no and then it's like well okay and then and then you have you know a decision to make but yeah it's, I think sometimes just even that perspective and like the way that your brain process this, because like, you know, obviously you've told this story on, you know, in so many different ways, but like, it's almost like stopping for a second and being like, that was pretty like Brit, like younger Brit at that stage was pretty ballsy and also had the perspective to think about like, how could this be mutually beneficial? And I think sometimes as women, we need to give ourselves that permission slip to like advocate for our own careers. But just hearing someone explain it that way, I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people that listen in. So thank you for just Uh, like that in general. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. at that stage, you're now leaving the corporate world and you're like, okay, how, how did the dry bar, how did all of that come up? Well, so I, after, so I probably had around like a decade of experience at this point in like marketing and advertising. And because my Hot Wheels experience, I actually jumped to another agency, still worked for Hot Wheels in that whole campaign for yeah. another four years. So um, I just got to a point, and again, I, it's so funny now that I've told this story a few times. I'm like, oh, yeah, huh? I guess I do really have these like moments in time in my life where I, just know that I'm ready for the next thing. And don't get me wrong. Like there's still like that pit in my stomach and the, like, am I sure about this? And it's really right. So I want anyone listening to know that, 
you know, I think that if you have that fit in your stomach, it's like a really good sign. And if you're super scared or unsure, that's a really good thing. Like I'm yeah. such a believer that, you know, the more uncomfortable you are, the better because we're better as humans and we're growing and, yeah. you know, finding like a greater, bigger purpose. I, I actually have several personal values for myself, but one is to chase discomfort. Yeah. And, um, Ooh, you know, juicy. and I, yeah. And I really think that, um, you know, again, when I kind of like look back on things, that's really what I was doing. So anyways, I just got to the point where I was like, okay, I've been in the, the agency side of brands for a really long time. And I've gotten a chance to service a lot of different brands, work in different industries. I also had the chance to really understand like what I like to call the 360 wheel of marketing, everything from like analytics and consumer behavior and email segmentation to brand strategy to big overarching brand awareness campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, Drybar had come on the scene uh, and I just personally fell in love with the brand and the experience. You know, I just loved everything about it. I felt like it was like, it was just so magical and so thoughtful um, from yeah. the branding to the, you know, the idea that you're sitting at a bar and you're watching seven movies and they serve you champagne and the mirror is behind you. So you're not staring at yourself with wet hair. Like there was just and the fun music. It just had this energy that I was like, I have to work for this brand. Like this brand is going to be the next, you know, big thing. And I want to be a part of it. And so yeah. again, I mean, I searched high and less. So they were looking for a head of marketing. Um, they actually posted on Instagram and I scoured my network to find someone who knew someone at Drybar. It was, I was like, I knew that I was the right fit for the brand. I just knew it. Like I knew my experience would fit, but more so like my passion and my excitement yeah. for the brand. Like it was, you know, it was run by like a family and obviously Ali's story. I just knew that like everything would sync together. Um, so I did, I found someone who a good friend of mine's um, cousin was like a roommate with someone at dry bar and long that is story some short, investigative research. Like I'm going to find someone. Like, no, but okay. I, that is literally probably the best advice that I can give to anyone yeah. who wants a job at anywhere. That's like a sexy brand like that. You have to be uber creative and you have to be so hungry. It's not just like submit your resume. And at this point, I feel like, you know, people do like videos and all sorts of cool stuff. I mean, I was, that was still back in the day where you wrote a cover letter and submitted resume, but Um, But I did end up actually doing like a full PowerPoint presentation on like how I would position the brand and whatever. And I, and literally every single person who ended up working for me at Drybar, I say, like, you had to be a stalker in order to actually get a job because everyone did like these crazy things. Like we had one person who had sent us all like a bouquet of yellow roses. And we had another girl who like dragged me out for coffee and was like, I'm literally not letting you not get to know me because I know what you know. So it's just like all of you. I feel like you do. You have to be that like excited about an opportunity, especially when you're working with a brand that's like growing rapidly or, um, you know, it's like a family owned business and personal, you know, there's more, there's, there's more to it. So in any case, I had the chance to run marketing for Drybar from 2013 to 2017. When I started, the company had around 25 locations. They had test piloted the product line into 70 Sephora doors. So the business was around 30 million. And when I left, it was over in 2017, it was over a hundred million. I got the chance to open over 60 dry bars. I helped launch the product line into all the retailers that it exists in today, including expansion into all of 
Sephora is Ulta, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, and then international expansion into France, Canada, Mexico, Spain, and Australia. I mean, was, let's go, Brad. Like, what? Do you, like, was, I know, I know this is your own career, but like, just listening to that, I'm like, shit, girl. Like, that is so much growth of a company, but also the person that you have to become in order to like capitalize on this massive vision and all the parts that are moving. Like, whoa. Do you ever just look truly. at like you where you're like, how the hell did I do that? Because I just believed that I could. I just believed I could figure it out. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, that's the other lesson that I was going to say I learned back in like when I, when I was working with Hot Wheels is everyone is figuring it out as they go. Yeah. Truly, truly. I mean, you just have to know that it's like anyone who feels this sense of fear or like your roadblocks because you don't know all of the things. It's such a falsity, like it's a falsehood yeah. that exists that needs to be eliminated because there would be so much more innovation and great work if people felt like less fearful or, you know, like less like they had to be perfect or know all of the things. So in any case, yes. So we were just really like figuring it out as we went. I will say though, what was so cool about Drybar, I mean, that really was like the rocket ship years. Um, We had an amazing team. Like, you know, so Ali and Michael and Cam and Sarah, they're the founders of Drybar, like amazing visionaries, you know, clearly had, had built this great experience and this great brand. But then we had an amazing head of retail. Her name was Danielle Bruno. She came from Pete's Coffee. She worked with Steve Jobs at Apple. Like she was such a badass. She's now one of my really good dear friends. And then we had another woman, Kim Natali, who led the product division. So it was like yeah. the three of us. And then of course, you know, we all reported to the CEO, John Hefner, who's amazing. And also I've actually seen him today, um, <laughs> you know, still, still connected with all these people, but it's like, you know, with the three of us and then Allie, it was like, we got to build a brand that we love and they create yeah. a cool experience and champion great teams. And I think that's the other, you know, going back to like my point earlier, it's like when you have alignment amongst leadership and just the, the true desire to do really cool things and believe that you can and like let nothing stop you, nothing will yeah. stop you. Yeah. Um, How, it when question on that. So like, obviously through these changes and there's a lot more to come after this too, (laughs) but, um, is it like a visceral thing for you? Like intuitively that you're like, Oh, it's time for me to like make a change. I feel, I know I'm not ready as in like, I don't know all of this, all of the things that I'm going to learn in the future, what I need to do to actually do that role. But like what, what's telling you that it's time to make a change from all of these different job switches that you've had up to this point and even coming into dry bar, or then obviously when you've decided to leave that role, like, what is it? Is it your body? Like, is it your mind? Like what's telling you that it's time? Yeah. I mean, it is definitely a visceral thing. Like I make decisions from my gut. So, and I always have been that way. So it's like, I do think it's very intuitive, but I also like, okay. So I transitioned from Drybar to founding and building Squeeze and I partnered with Drybar founders to do it, which I'll talk about in a second. But when that was a really, really hard decision for me because I love this brand. Like I poured my heart heart, soul, sweat, tears, like everything into this Mm -hmm. brand. And I also love my entire team. I hired every single one of them. Um, I also loved Michael and Allie, you know, I mean, this is like their baby. And I felt very personally connected, like every piece really of the business. But at the same time, what I knew was that, and I, and so what I, I got to a point of driver where I just knew like, 
I think I've done as much as I can do here. Like, I think this driver has a long trajectory ahead of itself, but I know that I get the most fulfillment and I serve the company best when it's at a younger stage. Like when there's a little bit more of that like chaos and, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of the building stages. I, I really do thrive kind of in that environment. And, you know, driver was just getting to like, a different stage. And so the other thing that I feel like is so important to recognize is like, if you're not fulfilled, you're really not doing the company like any, any service, right? I mean, they're paying you, they are expecting you to lead people. They're expecting you to continue to come up with ways to build the business. And if you're, if you lost that passion, then it's like, you really shouldn't be there. You're not doing your bosses and the people that you love, including your team, like you're not, you're no longer serving them either. And I, so I got, really got to a point where I was like, you know what? I think that, I think that it's just my time. Um, and I think that's okay. Like I, I, so, I don't think that, I don't think that you need to be at a one place forever or, you know, I, I don't think that you need to like suffer through every single day you really shouldn't have to because I mean you we pour so much of our lives and ourselves into what we do into our work and you should be loving it not to say that every day it should be rainbows and butterflies because that's not the case that's very unrealistic but like you know when you evaluate and you look back at like the last year and you think about the opportunity for the next year you should feel like I'm so happy to be a part of this like this is cool work that I'm doing and if you don't then like you should reevaluate where you're at Mm-hmm. Um, so in any case, I just knew that I wanted to like take all my learnings and get back into startup mode. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew. Yeah. And so I, t- I told them, I was like, listen, I'll help. I will help you figure out who the next person is and transition the team. I'm not going to leave you high and dry, but I just yeah. know that it's my time. And can, Michael, can and I- we actually dig into that feeling of that? Because I do think there are a lot of women that like, cause it's kind of like, like you said, you're like, I've done all that I can at this, this stage in your head. You're kind of evaluating this. You've yeah. got this visceral reaction. You know that it's time to make a change. So to a woman listening into this, it's like, Oh, I'm at that in my current company or with my current business that I'm building. And I know that it's time to make a change. But the story that they're telling themselves is I feel guilty about it. I don't want to quote unquote, let people down. I, um, I feel like because I've got tenure there that I'm going to be like they're not going to be able to replace, you know, all the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. How did you process through that emotionally before you had the conversation with Michael and Ali? Like, how are you like preparing yourself? Cause I'm sure also you've accomplished a ton there, right? Like Enneagram yeah. three achiever, like crossing the things, like doing all that. Right. And you're like, shit, I'm about to leave into the unknown. And then as yeah. humans, our brains are wired for this certainty and you already know how to do this. So like emotionally, like how did that go for like inside internal Brit? What, what are you well, doing? <laughs> I want to, yeah, I want to address the guilt thing really quickly because if you feel guilty that you're going to be letting people down, just flip the, the switch. Like if you yeah. are unhappy, you're no longer bringing your best effort anymore. Mm-hmm. You are already letting people down. Yeah, so, so like, good. <laughs> let that be, you know, just a moment for yourself and a truth of like, okay, I'm no longer showing up to the best of my ability. And so not only is that, hurting me, but it's hurting the company. So like, mm-hmm. and and that really is where I got to. I was like, you know what? I'm not like, I don't have that fire in my belly anymore. And I like this brand and these people, like they deserve that. 
for, yeah. you know, everything that, and everything that I've built too. Right. It's like, I've, yeah. I've gotten it this far. It's like, I want someone else to come in with like a new fire and a new energy mm-hmm. and a new perspective, to like take it to the next level. And I think that that's also something that you have to remember too. Again, if you're like in this, this point in time, it's like, new perspective is so good so it's like yeah. don't don't feel bad like it's, it's okay you know pe- your people are going to be okay by the way I'm still friends with nearly every single person who I worked with at dry bar I've now hired in my in you know the feel at the feel good company one of the galaxies to work with me so it's like you know there's it's like yeah. new chapters open new opportunity and that's a beautiful thing for everyone I, I think it's that. also demonstrated to my team that they could do the same thing yeah and that's also like as women we need to set the tone for younger women and women who are working alongside us but like you're we be empowered to do things differently like don't feel like you have to stay stuck yeah so powerful Girl, I hope you're loving this conversation with Britt. I wanted to pop in here real quick and thank our sponsor of the show, which is Organifi. And let me just set the stage here. You know when you're trying to eat really healthy, but you also want things to taste really good and you want to feel good and you want to have good energy because you want to chase your dreams and you want to feel excited about your life? Well, often we've got to really take inventory of how we're fueling our bodies because if you feel good, Like you do good. And if you want to feel good, you got to eat well, right? Which is why I brought on Organifi as a sponsor of the show because my fiance, Asina, and I use all of their products in their product line, literally like throughout the day, I'm like, oh, another Organifi product, here we go. Um, What's cool about the company is everything in their product line is made with really high quality ingredients. There's not more than three grams of sugar in any item. Flip over labels and check out how much sugar is in everything that we eat all the time. And I'm trying to be really conscious about my health and getting really aware of the ingredients that I'm putting into my body, especially with sugar. But what I love is their products are, like I said, high quality. They also taste really freaking good and they're at an affordable price. So it's accessible, right? I love their protein. Their green juice is phenomenal. It's the only green juice I've ever tried that you can stir it in with water and actually drink it without like plugging your nose and feeling like you're gagging down like a grass taste. Um, And their protein's not chalky. It's phenomenal. The vanilla kind of tastes like cake batter and the chocolate is just like a delicious chocolate. They've got amazing teas. Their chocolate gold is one of my favorite things to drink at night when you're wanting to like calm down for the evening. They've got a hormone product called Harmony. I could go on and on about all of their products, but I just want to tell you, if you are looking for high quality superfoods, you want to feel good. You want to just eat stuff that makes you feel excited about your life and get that bang for your buck. Go check out Organifi. You can head to Organifi.com slash Keisha and use code Keisha to get 20% off any item in their store. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash K-A-C-I-A. And again, code Keisha for 20% off any item in their store. And if you ever have questions about the products, you're like, Keisha, is this actually good? What does this taste like? What's the vibe of this? Please slide into my DMs on Instagram. You know, on this podcast, I like to think of us like we're girlfriends chatting over coffee, wine, spicy margarita, or Organifi protein shake or green juice. Let's freaking go. So without further ado, let's dive back into the show. I will tell you just on that, Britt, when I heard you speak at Chris's mastermind, which is obviously where I met you and you were talking about all of these pivots in your trend, like in your career. And then you talked about all of the things that we're going to dive into in a second that you're doing now. I was like, 
I just love the examples of women that are like, I'm going to do this, but I don't have just one thing. Like it's not just one goal. I have this and yeah. I have this other business and I'm a board on this and I'm a chair of this. And I'm like, like, yeah. yes, like that is so inspiring to me as someone who's like, I have 800 million things that I want to do. And a mm-hmm. lot of women listen, listening into this, they're like, I don't want to have like one thing. And I think that was right. like generations ago. It's like loyalty to a company and that's your mm-hmm. one direction. You have to stay in the same career path. And that's just like not the state of the world anymore. It doesn't have to be like that. So thank you for your example of that too. But Keep, yeah. keep going. So now you're telling, you're telling Michael and Allie, then what happened? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, multi, we're multifaceted human beings, right? Yeah. It's like we shouldn't force ourselves into a box. And again, I think that like you show up better when you are serving all of the pieces of you. Like yeah. I'm not a mom, but I babysat for years and years and years. And I always used to think like, I took so much pride in babysitting, not just because I love the kids, but I knew that like I was giving their parents, you know, a chance to like get some alone time or yeah. some reprieve and that they were, and then they were going to come back and be better parents. So it's uh. like, it's the same thing with your career. Like, you know, you, you need to be able to fulfill like all of your needs to, to show up and, you know, do your best work. So, so um, good. So yeah, so and again, I think it was like all of those things that really ran through my mind, and um, uh, and so yeah, and I just kind of like knew it was right, and so I went to Michael and Ali. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is, I knew at the end of the day, for as much as I loved them, and I was like worried that I was going to disappoint them, I knew that they loved me too, and that they yeah. wanted the best for me. You know, it's yeah. like I think you just have to remember that also that if you have, hopefully, I mean, I know people. Some, some, there's a lot of shitty bosses out there, but like, and if that's the case too, then like, hopefully it's not a hard decision at all. But like, yeah. if you love your boss or you have a great people, it's like good people want to support people's growth and they want to see them continue yes. to excel. Um, so know that too, that like, you'll, you're probably going to be met with someone who's really happy for you. And as long as you're thoughtful in supporting the transition, which, you know, I really was, I wanted to be very mindful of like not leaving people high and dry. Um, then it's all going to work out. It will all work out. I love that. Um, Right now someone's driving in their car or they're like in the shower and they're just like, Oh yes, it's going to work out. I'm going to be okay. Brent told me it'd be fine. (laughs) Well, it's going to be okay. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I went to Michael and Allie, I, you know, let them know that I was, I was just, ready for a new challenge and you know they were they were bummed of course but but again super supportive and they reminded me that they had always had this other idea in the back of their mind they just didn't have the bandwidth to get it off the ground and so that's really where squeeze comes in and you know the idea of squeeze is basically you know we felt like there was a hole in the market and Michael was actually like an avid massage goer at a larger chain which I won't say the name of, but, you know, was a member for years and years and the massage itself was great, but everything about the experience, he literally wanted to like bang his head against the wall. It was unrelaxing, super stressful, annoying, like too much time, all the things. So, so again, they had been talking about it for years and the idea and the insight was, you know, on one end of the spectrum of, of the massage landscape, there's like the low end discount chains, which have made massage accessible to the masses, you know, to their credit at an affordable price point. But in today's day and age, lack a lot from a consumer experience standpoint. And then on the flip side, there's high-end hotels and spas, which are lovely, but unattainable, both from a financial and time 
uh, you know, standpoint for most people. And that was kind of the case before dry bar too. There was like the low end discount salons and the high end salons. There was nothing that brought in like the sophisticated luxury feel at an affordable price point. And so that's what we did with Squeeze using the same branding teams and uh, the same, you know, architect. But the biggest differentiator going back to Michael's, you know, very frustrating experience was, um, we built a end-to-end technology platform that enables our guests to do everything from booking appointments at all their personalized preferences through to paying, rating, tipping, reviewing. So we don't actually have a physical point of sale in our location. There's no clunky checkout lines, no awkward like tipping uh, exchanges. We like to say that our guests can walk in and flow out. Like it's a truly convenient and also very personalized experience. We do other things like we have six different music playlists that you can choose from and you can adjust the lighting in your room. We have a ready button on the table. So you as the guest, let the therapist know when you're ready for them to re-enter. Like there's so much that has made the experience. Our tagline is a way better massage experience. So we made the experience way better. Yeah. But, um, and so they kindly really just said, hey, you know, if you remember, remember that idea, we would love, you know, love for you to take it on if you're open to it. And I actually took a couple of months to evaluate other opportunities because clearly, you know, I wasn't fully expecting that I would start something from scratch. I was kind of thinking that I would go find like the next dry bar and do it all over again. And, um, you know, but I got super excited about the idea of building a great brand and, um, you know, the insight for squeeze in particular is that on the employee side, like our therapist side, building a culture and, and truly a place where people love coming to work every day. Like I'm such a people person and I love, you know, making people feel valued and, for who they are, not just what they do. Like it got me so excited to, to give it a shot. And so we did. Um, <laughs> we opened our first location in Los Angeles in March of 2019. And then we're open for like 11 months before the pandemic. And of course that ended up in of itself brought such just like a crazy challenge to yeah. really like sit through. And like, I called it like the great pause, right? Like really had to reflect on a lot of things, but we're ramping back up in terms of scaling nationally and we're doing that through franchising and such a believer now and like supporting small business. And I, you know, I want to support other entrepreneurs who want to own their own great experience in their community. And we've really built like a business in a box. We've got a great way for people to uh, replicate what we've built. And thankfully, you know, we took a lot of the great things from dry bar and a lot of things we wish we did differently and we're able to apply it at least. So hindsight was definitely uh, to our benefit this go around. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I suppose, you know, that the one other thing that I'm up to to your point about kind of being a part of a lot of different things. Um, I kind of had one of those talk about, you know, just like a, a gut feeling or reaction. I had one of those like 3am aha moments as we were building squeeze. I, I kind of put the pieces together. I realized like we have this great branding teams and this amazing architect and, we now have this incredible technology platform and we've put so much emphasis on the culture side, the people side of this business. Like we really have this very dynamic and unique four-pronged approach to building disruptive retail experiences. And I thought like, why can't we do this for more businesses, like more verticals, more companies? Um, And and so I actually like wrote this email to Michael and Allie and I kind of, you know, said all of that. And I was like, and we can literally call it the feel good company because, you know, not only are, are we building companies that make people feel good, obviously massage makes you feel good. And I was thinking about like other 
businesses like the wellness vertical that all have that feel good experience. And um, we're also doing good, like each of our brands uh, partners with a philanthropy and we're giving back yeah. and that makes people feel like they're a part of something bigger. Yes. Which I'm such a believer in that, you know, we all, we all want to feel like we are a part of something bigger than ourselves yeah. and have a greater purpose that's serving, you know, your communities and, um, you know, people in a, in a, in a bigger way. Um, and so the other brands now, so we, so we formed the feel good company and yeah. the other brands that we uh, have built and uh, are now also scaling is called okay humans. It's a mental health concept. It's a fresh approach to face-to-face talk therapy, really trying to destigmatize the you know, negativity around seeking help and, um, and making it accessible and acceptable. It's actually like a retail concept. So it's across from Starbucks on San Vicente in Los Angeles. And we've got a beautiful wellness shop up front, but then we have suites in the back is what we call um, our rooms where people can meet with therapists and it's all booked through similar technology. So you go through an app, you can see your therapist, you can book, there's cool like, you know, content and things that um, you can have access to through the app in between sessions. So really, you know, really just trying in our, in our small little way to make like meaningful differences in people's lives and, uh, and have a lot of fun along the way. I love it. I love, okay. So question that immediately comes up for that, that I know other women would be thinking too, is like, how do you determine one of your, cause it sounds like you might have like a million ideas in your brain <laughs> of things that you could do. How do you determine this is the one that I should go after? Not only altogether, but now, right? Cause I'm sure you've got also other things that you want to do in the future, but you're like, okay, that that's not right for right now. How are you making that decision? So I should clarify. So I, um, I'm the, I run the feel good company and I'm the CEO of squeeze. We yeah. have a CEO for okay humans who is yeah. a, an actual licensed marriage and family therapist who knows everything that is needed to build a yeah. proper and reputable therapy business. We just brought, you know, the expertise in, in designing a beautiful space and creating a good, you know, consumer booking experience, et cetera. But, um, you know, interestingly enough, Christy Desai is the name of the OK Human CEO. She actually reached out to me right after we uh, launched Squeeze. And she yeah. she actually reached out to me on Instagram, which I think is so funny now that I think about like, I heard about the dry bar marketing position on Instagram. Christy reached out to me on Instagram. Instagram is like a little connector. I was like, yeah. hey, I day. asked you to be on the podcast on Instagram too. <laughs> it's true, there you go. <laughs> um, and she was like, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to make therapy more accessible for people. Like, I think it should be just as easy to walk in and get therapy. Like you walk in to get your nails done, obviously from a mindset standpoint, it's a very different decision, but in terms of like accessibility and affordability, it should be just as normal in people's day-to-day routines. Um, And she was like, so I'd love to pick your brain because I love what you've done on the technology side. And I also love what you're doing on the culture side in terms of treating your people well. Like I really want to create a cool space for therapists to have, you know, community amongst each other. Cause that's the other thing too. I mean, both massage and mental health, like therapy, you know, these people in, in typical settings are working very independently. And so we've really taken, you know, these brands and these spaces and created cool, cool opportunities for them to, you know, have camaraderie and whatnot. But, um, so she came to meet with me. And again, it was kind of one of those, like, she just thought she was taking my brain type of thing. And I... Did you think um, that? 
like when you were, so she's coming thinking she's picking your brain in your head. Are you already thinking this could be a really good idea that we could use the feel good company to help her if, if, if it's a good connection or. So not really. I was, I yeah. mean, the fact that I even said yes to her, to me, looking back is like insane. I was so over in over my head with like launching squeeze and getting yeah. the business up and running and all the things. Right. So it's like the fact that I even said yes to a meeting, I don't even know why that happened. You know, yeah. fate, obviously like it's, things happen for a reason. So, and, and she had sent me her deck and I had read a little bit. Like I knew that I was like, Oh, this sounds cool. Like I'd be happy to help her. And like, she used to be a stylist at Drybar way back in the day, like early oh, on cool. in her career. And so I was like, Oh, uh, I don't know. I, and I really love helping women. So yeah, um, it's literally one of my favorite things since launching squeeze is just connecting with other people who are doing cool things. So in any case, I didn't even get a chance to look at her deck, like nothing. So I was like, you have basically two minutes to give me your elevator pitch. And I like, you can ask me five questions. <laughs> like I have such so little time. Yeah. And I can still remember, I mean, I've chilled remembering her explaining to me the idea for OK Human. And I was, it was in that moment where, and again, I mean, I literally have chills right now. Like it was in that moment where I was like, this is a feel good company. Like it, it wow. I just knew, I was like, this is absolutely a feel good company. I mean, it's such a complimentary offering, you know, for what I hope we can do across many verticals over the next couple of years. But like, it just became, and I'm such an advocate for for therapy. I mean, I've been going to therapy for years and years and years. And I, you know, I do think that it needs to be something that is a part of people's wellness routine, just like you go get a massage and go to the gym. Like your mental health is just as important uh, to, you know, work through and exercise and keep healthy and all of it. So I, you know, personally, it just resonated with me so much. Um, and so what I ended up doing was like asking her all these questions. I was like, well, how much have you invested in the business? And do you have a lease signed? And like all these things that she was, you know, now she's like, I was wondering why you're asking me all these questions. But I basically said to her at the end, I was like, well, um, you know, I, I answered some of her questions just to help with where she was at. But I was like, I just want to let you know that we kind of have something bigger in the work and I'm going to talk to my business partners. Um, you know, and if you're interested at all, like we, there could be a potential for us to partner like in a bigger way. And she was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, she was so excited. She's such an amazing, she's such an amazing person. And then what's so crazy about it again, talk about like things that are supposed to happen. Allie was getting a massage at squeeze when Christy and I were meeting and we weren't even supposed to meet at squeeze, by the way, we were supposed to meet at a coffee shop, but I was just like, so crazy. Um, so Christy came to meet with me there. And then as Christy was leaving, Allie was leaving and they run into each other on the street. And Christy, of course, knew who Allie was. And so she was like, hey, I just wanted to tell you, like, I'm a huge fan of Dry Bar and I just met with Brittany. And she kind of gave Allie the pitch. And Allie also, like, immediately was like, oh, my God, I want to be a part of this. Such a great idea. So, you know, wow. it's like also a reminder from Christy to anyone listening in of like, call your freaking shot, right? Like even like put it out into the universe. Cause the thing is, you don't know who you know that could help support you, right? To your point, even back with your original, like, how am I going to get in with this? How am I going to get in with dry bar in the very beginning is like, let me find some random cousins, roommates. Like we'll get in there. Like we'll get our foot in the door. But so many women are afraid to call their shot because they're worried about looking stupid to someone else, the story that they're telling themselves of like, I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. So what would you say to the woman right now who she's in one of two places? Probably she is either in a situation in her career where she needs to just like call her shot and really like step up, like ask for that promotion. And, you know, say she wants to be part of this silo, make a change, 
or to the woman that has an idea that she just needs to like put it out into the world and she's not doing that and she's telling herself that she can't. Like, what would you tell her to do? I think I would ask her what she would tell her best friend if her best friend was in that position. I think that we tell ourselves these stories that we would never tell anyone else, right? It's like, if your best friend had this great idea and they were sitting on it, you would be like, come on, girl. Like, how can I help you? Like you can do, I know you can do this. Like, I just feel like we have to, we have to learn how to be better cheerleaders for ourselves. Yes. And like almost talk to yourself how you would talk to your best friend or whoever, you know, you're closest to that feels like you just love them and believe in them and champion and want to champion them. You know, it's like, you should talk to yourself that way. Yeah. So what, I mean, obviously I would say go for it. Like don't let anyone or anything get in your way. The, the worst, like there's no bad outcome. Like the worst thing is sure. Maybe it's not like as successful as you thought it would be, but you're going to learn so much. You're going to be so happy that you tried because the worst thing I feel like is like regret, right? It's like, you don't want to look back on your life and be like, Oh man, I wish I did more or I wish I tried more. Like that's worse than anything. So it's just like, give it a go, give it a go. And who knows, maybe you'll be like, Oh, I don't like this as much as I thought that I did. And then at least it's not going to be like, you know, in yes. your brain all day long and driving you insane. It's like you tried and and yeah. then it's going to, and then it's going to open up like a, a door for like the next, the next opportunity. So it's nice to know what you don't want also, right? Then, then that's still process of elimination as we're like trying to figure it out as we go. Exactly. So, so important. Okay. So one question that we ask every guest on this show, um, that's kind of random is we have a Spotify playlist um, empower her podcast on Spotify. What's a song that like makes you pumped up? If you're feeling like low vibe, you need to just like shake your butt, like shake it off. What's a, what's a go-to Brit song? Um, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Classic. So good. Literally I like I probably listen to it way too many times every week. My husband's always like, Oh, here we go again. But it just love- like makes me feel so good. You can't, good. you cannot like, you know, your spirits aren't they're lifted. You want to dance. Like, I love it so much. So perfect. I love it. Okay. So Britt, where can everyone find you? What opportunities do we have with squeeze right now of if they, anyone that's interested in franchising, if you could just like, give us like a couple of places that they can connect with you. Yeah. Um, so for okay humans, go to okayhumans.com or at okay humans. We have one location in LA right now. We'll eventually be scaling that, but it just opened. So that's our, our little baby there. Um, squeeze is at squeeze on Instagram and then squeezemassage.com. If you're interested in franchising, just add a forward slash franchising. And we've got a page that outlines really everything that you need to know. There's a form that you can fill out and we'll get right in touch with you. Um, I'm on Instagram at Brit Drift, B-R-I-T-D-R-I-S-C. And as I have mentioned, I love connecting. So I don't have, um, you know, I'm not always the fastest to respond, but, uh, but I really do love championing other people. So I'm, I'm always open. Uh, I love that so much. Last question for you is to the woman right now, who's like new in her entrepreneurial journey, right? Mm. Maybe she just got like a side business or she's starting something. She's so excited, but she feels like she's really far from where she wants to go. Like she's a big dreamer like you, but she's at the very beginning. What little nugget would you give her? First of all, 
I am you. Like, even though I've had this cool career and I am very grateful for my experiences, like in my entrepreneurial journey, I am truly right at the beginning. Like we, you know, we launched Please right before the pandemic. It's been such a hurdle. So I feel very much like um, I'm, I'm there with you in terms of like wanting so much more to happen and just having to like stick it out day to day. So I think that's what I would say is like, you don't have to be the most experienced. You don't have to be the most educated. You don't have to be the most connected. You just have to keep going. Like I am such a believer that the most successful companies are led by people who just never gave up. Like it is the name of the game. So keep going, you know, remember why you started, remember what your purpose is and your vision is and stay true to it and believe that it can happen because it will. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Britt. You are such an inspiration because you're a true advocate for women. Like you actually are that way. And I think that that's just so refreshing and I appreciate your perspective and just being so raw and honest. Thanks for being on the show, girl. Thanks, lady. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.